Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to tell you guys about my children's book and sending out those query letters. All right, so it was very ironic that a friend of mine, another writer that I've met through the podcast, she sent me an email, and it had a list of like 20 new agents looking for rep- you know, to represent people. So I'm like, okay wonder what this is about because I could tell what it you know what the link was and she said you know there's somebody on here that says they like horror like the scarier the better and I thought of you well she doesn't understand um, what's going on with my thought process about um, my horror side because I mean if Oh, that scared me so bad. My ways just talked to me through here because I'm driving to my niece's graduation right now and it scared me to death. So that's why I kind of did a little jolt. I don't know if you could hear the ways, but uh, my navigation scared me. Uh, but, um, but anyway, back to the story. She doesn't know my whole thought process. And we were even talking about it this morning on the podcast. I haven't uploaded everything because I've been super busy. But you you got two episodes just this morning. Um, and so you'll get this one in order. And you'll go, okay, I see what you're talking about. So I went on there anyway just, you know, to see what the different um, agents were looking for. And was just reading up on some of the agencies and there were quite a few of the same agencies that I have seen in the past. But then there were a couple of um, new names. And I was like, okay, they take children's books. Maybe the Lord sent me this. Not for my horror. And wasn't using this other person to send me this resources. You know, this resource for the mm-hmm. horror genre. But maybe it was for the children's literature side of my life that I actually talked about this morning about pitching to um, to query. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready yet. I've got too many other things going on. So then I was like, well, okay, Lord, if this is what it's supposed to be, let me go on and do it. So I pulled up my children's manuscript. It's 1,420 words. It is called Myrtle's Garden in honor of my grandma Myrtle. And I ran it through Pro Writing Aid. 
Now, you know that I've already ran it through Grammarly because this was when Grammarly was single. Single. Well, now that Grammarly's married to Pro Writing Aid, and Pro Writing Aid um, needs to be used for every single thing, I ran it through that program as well. And I had three passive sentences um, in 1,400 words. Um, I fixed those sentences. Um, the spelling mistakes, of course, they're not going to recognize Brandy because my girl, Brandy the Brave, she's my student at school, and her name is spelled unique. They didn't recognize Afnon or Safana, but that's fine. They're my students' names. I know I'm spelling them right. I've taught them a whole year. So, um, other than that, everything checked out okay, and I copied it, pasted it back into the Word document, and saved it, and I put today's date on it, just so I could remember on June 7th. I've never done that before with my query or with my manuscripts. I used to do that with my dissertation all the time. Um, when I send out a query, I think it's important that I do that because I know that on June 7th is the day that my writer friend sent me the list and um, she's a part of this story now of me querying to two agents. And I could have done more, but I only wanted to do two. Um, I didn't have a chance to put them on my spreadsheet because I had a very limited amount of time. So I do have a spreadsheet built for query letters. So I have to go back in, um, but I do have their information saved and through my sent box. One of them was a Google form type submission on their website. Um, I took care of that one separate, but then I did an email to the other. So guys, you wish me luck. And there was something that I really valued about having an author interview with Sherry Fink. She's a best-selling children's author, and she also writes adult fiction as well, and nonfiction. And I really value her insight and her encouragement. You know, we're not necessarily always going to stay in the same packaged box. I'm not going to always write YA contemporary fiction. I'm not going to always write, you know, my Bible verse, my Bible devotional series. I have a lot in me that the Lord has given me to share. And so with each one of those, allowing that voice to, to have a place to live and honoring it is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So with this children's book, I did have to do some work on it because when I first wrote it, it was coming up at a seventh grade reading level. I had um, a niece of a colleague read it, and she gave me a wonderful letter back saying, Oops, I'm sorry, but um, this one, I'm in fourth grade, and this book was way too hard, and here's all the words that you need to change. And she'd underline them all. <laughs> love it so much. Love that. Love it. I'll keep it forever. And I knew that I had discussions back and forth with elementary school teachers about the Lexile level and just the complexity of the text. And some were saying, keep it. Others were saying, you know, that's what we need more of. They love the diversity. So I did get some positive encouragement when I had beta readers for this. And then I had areas where I knew that I needed to work on. 
So after reviewing the book and, and going through it, I moved it from a seventh grade Lexile to a fifth grade Lexile, which now I feel a lot more confident about because if I'm pitching this for a read aloud and then I read it aloud, and now it only took me a little over five minutes to read it. And that's what you, you know, you've got to consider all of those kind of things when you're working on picture books. And if it's read to a child, and they have the pictures that are available for them, the illustrations can tell them a lot. So they might not know what Acapulas are, or they might not know the uh, siesta with the uh, sun, you know, using the clouds as a blanket. That's fine. You know, the, the pictures would be able to describe a lot of that. And then some of the words that I used, and I know this for a fact, the cultural words that I used that are specific to like, you know, I, I put in my favorite dish that my mother-in-law makes. Um, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with the Lexile level being fifth grade. And just for kicks, what you can do, and I did this too. I took all the Spanish out of the Hartwell Chronicles and re-ran chapter one because I was wondering Watch why was it continuing to say that I was having spelling, spelling and grammar issues when I knew that all of my Spanish was right. My husband went back over and checked my Spanish. And I was like, you know, what's going on? So he... Um, he and I discussed, well, you know, maybe it's just the dialect. You know, maybe it's the it's not picking it up. And so when I removed it, Pro Writing Aid does not support Spanish. It doesn't support foreign languages yet. So I actually went through Chapter 1, removed, did a separate copy, and removed all of the Spanish words and then received a 100%. And so I was like, okay, that's what it was. So today, when I ran it through Pro Writing Aid, and I did get... Um, some of the spelling error color, I knew that it was fine because I knew where it was coming from. And if you do want to play around with ProWriting Aid like that, you can remove all of your words that are cultural specific that might not be, you know, able to be scanned and picked up. And then you can rerun your grade readability and determine, well, what does it look like now? Because I bet that if I took Brindy's name and I just changed it you know, to um, a, a, a Brenda, like with an A, because it kept trying to spell it Brenda with an A. Um, if I just went through and did a mock one and then took out all of the different words, like um, the Indian dish, the Middle Eastern dish, like um, moving those things away, let's see what would happen. Um, and I think it would, you know, have a different readability I think it would probably be at a 3.5 so that's what I'm saying I'm guesstimating I've been teaching long enough um, I'm saying 3.5 after I've actually went through and actually painstakingly removed vocabulary that I truly wanted to stay but I knew I would never be able to pitch a seventh grade <laughs> picture book like this is not a graphic novel like <laughs> So, I did have to do the work. And you guys laugh at me all you want, but it was extremely challenging. I think that it was honestly harder to edit 
the 1420 word children's manuscript as it was for me to edit a chapter in my YA novel which I'm sure had about 3,000 words but I needed to um, step away from my readership of where I've been you know housed in high school for uh, what since 2012 I've been a high school teacher yes I'm giving you guys so seven for the past seven years I've taught high school and so that lets you know that um, being around YA is pretty much other than my homeschool experiences with my children being around the YA world um, kind of hurt me a little bit as far as my children's book uh, my picture book um, experience just fresh off and it's probably going to do the same thing with my middle grades American Revolution books that I'm going to be writing um, and editing again I already have written it it's called the Raptor Revolution um, and so I just have to um, fix it up pro writing aid it and um, try to pitch that one out to middle grades um, I do want to take my picture books and my children's literature um, I think that that one I'm going to scale it down for children's literature um, I want th that between that or middle grades one I want to try to go through a literary agent if it does not work out then monarch it is um, I'm going to go you know do my best and my husband is an artist and I actually draw um, I don't share that a lot with people um, I've never tried to um, illustrate for a novel I have been watching videos um, you know me I love YouTube and I I saw um, two videos in particular that really sparked my interest and of course it was Photoshop but they had if one had a fancy computer and another one had a fancy tablet and they were drawing on a tablet like it was paper um, so I will continue to investigate um, the illustration world in the future if I have to go that route but at this time I do not want to um, inundate my life with that challenge um, I've got a lot of other things on my list that need to be taken care of. But when the opportunity presented itself and my writer friend sent me the email, I was like, there's a purpose for this. You know, she thought of me, one, and I'm very grateful. And I love it when all of you guys email me at jenlowrywrites at gmail.com. So, you know, email me away. I, I check my messages. And I try to get back with people on a daily basis. If it's a couple of days, you know, that's how many messages that I have bogged down. But when I happened to see this one um, this morning, I was like, okay, there's, there's a reason why she's sending me this. And so I messaged her later and I let her know, hey, um, I'm going to explain to you why my horror fiction is not going to be out with an agent. But let me tell you about my children's literature, and that's what I would want an agent for. So that way, maybe in the future, if she's out looking and, and she sees a promising prospect, then she can send it my way. 
I like a particular publishing company out of Georgia. Um, I met a couple of their authors, and I was really impressed with their books. It's called Peachtree Publishing, and you have to mail your manuscript to them. Um, by the time that I get home, my post office is closed. So I have not been able to do like a post office run and take care of mailing and things like that. But summer's coming. And I am definitely going to print off this um, newly um, polished manuscript of Myrtle's Garden. And I'm going to send it to this publishing company. Um, they also uh, print diverse books. So... And that's really important to me because that's what all of my books are going to be in the future. Um, that's, that's pretty much all that I write. So, um, it's important that you know, like, what publishing companies that even that you would want. So, for example, if, um, if I get an agent and I'm talking back and forth with this agent, I think that it's really wise to do your due diligence and research different um, publications um, publishing houses, places that um, fit well with your genre, um, and go ahead and have some names ready. That way, um, I could tell them, when I was at the conference, I met the authors of, of this publishing company, and I was really impressed with not only their authors, but their books, and um, have you ever, you know, used it? you know, that avenue before to pitch. And so that is, that is something that I don't think would hurt. Um, if, if the agent goes, you know, let me do my job, you do yours. I'll say, okay, thank you very much. And I'll do my job and I'll keep writing. <laughs> but I don't think it would be that way. I think it would be, okay, that's a consideration. Let me look into it. And then they pitch their people and, and then we make a list or they make a list. But you know me, I'm not going to sit idly by um, while I know that I'm pitching for agents. I can still look for publications. I can look for uh, publishing companies that take unsolicited manuscripts myself. And that's exactly what Peachtree does. You just have to mail it to them. Um, so that is on my to-do list for the summertime. I'm not ready to send the Raptor Revolution to them yet, but I am ready for Myrtle's Garden. So, I just wanted to give you guys the update of the the query or you know agency representation. Yesterday, they had pitch wars on Twitter, and I actually went on Twitter last night just to kind of see the pulse of it, and it was throbbing heartbeat. It was wild, and I was reading all kinds of pitches. I, I will never forget the one pitch I read because it was the coolest concept, and I hope that they get picked up because it's just a great idea, um, and I let them know, but you can't heart anything, so you can't like anything. That's only for an agent to like. Um, you can retweet. You can um, comment, but you can't like. Um, so, people, I think, were going against the rules of pitch wars. I just really don't know if people understood what was going on. Because I, I have learned um, quite a bit about the writing community. And usually, um, 
they try to stay within those parameters because they know that this is a part of a way that people can actually get an agent. So, um, I didn't pitch anything, but September is the next pitch wars. And, um, you can go online and if you just type in pitch wars okay. on Twitter, vehicle stopped on shoulder ahead. all you have to do is type that in and it'll take you to the website. And they do it uh, so far for 2019. There were three dates for the year. One was um, yesterday. One was in one's in September, and I think maybe the other one is in December. But it gives you the guidelines and the rules. So by September, if I have the Raptor Revolution ready, then I already know um, I might do a pitch wars just to participate in it, just to see what it's like, and I can talk to you guys about it. But, um, you know, that's a new way of, or it, it might not be new. It, it could have been started years and years ago. It is just something that I've learned about uh, being on Twitter and being more active on Twitter than ever before. Um, I think that, um, like I said this morning, agencies, you know, exposure, uh, the publishing process, it's so evolving. It's changing. And learning about these new things, just put it on your publicity plan or, or your book marketing plan um, to investigate. Maybe you would want to um, do a pitch wars um, type experience in the future for one of your upcoming books. And who knows, you might land an agent that way. And then you could be emailing me. Jen Lowry writes at gmail.com going, hey, do you remember that time you told me about pitch wars? Well, it worked for me. And then we'll celebrate together and I'll be praying for you and screaming over here through the phone. <laughs> but I just want to tell you guys that no matter what you do, no matter what avenue, whether you're writing a book, reading a book, having a concept, uh, have ideas but don't know where to start, have written 20 books, and you're a best-selling author, no matter where you are in this process, just being a part of a community like this, like the Jen Lowry writes, you know, listening to the podcast, and watching YouTube videos, and being active and engaging on Twitter and Instagram, and it's so inspiring to me. I learn so much from other people, and then people will message me and they'll say, oh, I've learned so much from you. And I'm like, that's what it's about. You know, it's about us learning, us giving back and letting us to continue to support and pray for one another. So good luck. You guys pray for me about my two um, agency uh, queries today. And who knows, Myrtle's Garden might make it one day. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.